0: Welcome to the Everyday Charlotte podcast, where we believe education is not simply for school hours, but an everyday learning lifestyle. On this podcast, I read a variety of living educational materials, including books in the public domain you can use to supplement your learning. Chapter 2, The Coming of the Romans Hundreds of years passed after Brutus conquered Albion and changed its name to Britain, during which time many kings and queens reigned over the island. Our great poet Shakespeare has written about one of these kings who was called King Lear. Someday you must read his story. There were many good and wise rulers among these ancient British kings, but it would take too long to tell of them, so we must pass on to the time when another great warrior heard of the lonely little island and came to conquer it. But it would take too long to tell of them, so we must pass on to the time when another great warrior heard of the little lonely island and came to conquer it. The name of this great warrior was Julius Caesar. He was a Roman. At that time the Romans were a very powerful people. They called themselves the masters of the world. It is true they were very clever. They had taught themselves how to fight, how to make swords and armor, and how to build fortresses, better than any of the peoples who lived then. So it happened that the Romans generally won the victory over all who fought against them. But they were a very greedy people, and as soon as they heard of a new country, they wanted to conquer it and call it part of the Roman Empire. Julius Caesar had been fighting in Gaul, or France, as we now call it. While there, he heard of the little island with white cliffs over the sea. He was told that the people were very big and brave and fierce. He also heard that it was a rich land full of tin, lead, and other useful metals, and that the shores were strewn with precious pearls So he resolved to conquer this land and add it to the Roman Empire. Caesar gathered together about eighty ships, twelve thousand men and a great many horses. These, he thought, would be enough with which to conquer the wild men of Britain. One fine day he set sail from France and soon came in sight of the island. The Britons in some way or another had heard of his coming and had gathered to meet him. As he drew near, Caesar saw with surprise that the whole shore was covered with men ready for battle. He also saw that the place which he had chosen for landing was not good, for there were high, steep cliffs upon which the Britons could stand and shower darts upon his soldiers. So he turned his ships and sailed along the coast until he came to a place where the shore was flat. The Roman ships were called galleys. They had sails, but were also moved by oars. The rowers sat in long lines down each side of the galley. Sometimes there were two or three tiers of them sitting one above the other. These rowers were generally slaves and worked in chains. They were often soldiers who had been taken prisoner in war, or wicked men who were punished for their misdeeds by being made to row in these galleys. It was a dreadful life. The work was very hard, and in a storm if the vessel was wrecked, as often happened, the poor galley slaves were almost sure to be drowned because their heavy chains prevented them from swimming. As the Roman galleys sailed along the coast, the British warriors with their horses and war chariots followed on land. The war chariots of the British were very terrible. They were like light carts and held several men, one to drive the horses and the others to fight. On either side, from the center of the wheels, swords stuck out. As the wheels went round, these swords cut down, killed or wounded everyone who came within reach. The Britons trained their horses so well that they would rush madly into battle or stand stock still in a moment. It was a fearful sight to see these war chariots charge an enemy. After sailing along the coast a little way, Caesar found a good place at which to land and turned his vessels inshore. But the great galleys required so much water in which to sail that they could not come quite close to the land. Seeing this, Caesar told his soldiers to jump into the water, but the soldiers hesitated, for the Britons had rushed into the water to meet them and the Romans did not like the idea of fighting in the sea. Although the Romans were very good soldiers, they were not such good sailors as might have been expected. They did not love the water as the Britons did, These fierce barbarians, as the Romans called the Britons, urging their horses into the waves, greeted the enemy with loud shouts. Every inch of the shore was known to them. They knew exactly where it was shallow and where it was deep, so they galloped through the water without fear. Suddenly, a brave Roman, when he saw how the soldiers hesitated, seized a standard and leaped over the board, crying, "'Leap forth now, soldiers, if you will not betray your ensign to the enemy!' for I surely will bear myself, as is my duty. The Romans did not have flags such as we have in our army. Their standard was an eagle, which was carried upon a pole. The eagle was of gold or gilded to look like gold. Wherever the eagle led, there the soldiers followed, for it was the emblem of their honor, and they fought for and guarded it as their most precious possession. So now when the Roman soldiers saw their standard in the midst of the enemy, they followed with all haste. Their fear was great lest it should be taken. It was counted as a terrible disgrace to the Romans if they returned from battle without their standard. Death was better than disgrace, so they leaped into war to meet the fierce Britons. A fearful fight followed. The Romans could not keep their proper order, neither could they find firm footing. Weighed down with their heavy armor, they sank in the sand or slipped upon the rocks. All the while, the Britons showered darts upon them and struck at them fiercely with their battle axes and swords. The Britons were very brave. But they had not learned the best ways of fighting as the Romans had. So after a terrible struggle, the Romans reached the land. On shore, they formed in close ranks and charged the Britons. The Britons in their turn charged the Romans with their war chariots. The horses tore wildly along, neighing and champing their bits, and trampling underfoot those who were not cut down with the swords on the wheels. As they galloped, the fighting men in the cars, threw darts and arrows everywhere among the enemy. When they were in the thickest of the fray, the horses would suddenly stand still. Then the soldiers, springing out of the chariot, would fight fiercely for a few minutes with their battle axes, killing everyone within reach. Again, they would leap into the car. The horses would start forward and once more gallop wildly through the ranks of the enemy, leaving a track of dead behind them wherever they passed. But in spite of all their wild bravery, the Britons were beaten at last and fled before the Romans. Thus Caesar first landed upon the shores of Britain. so many of his soldiers were killed and wounded that he was glad to make peace with these brave islanders. He sailed away again in such of his ships as had not been destroyed, for fierce storms had arisen a few days after his landing and wrecked many of his vessels. Caesar did not gain much glory from this fight. Indeed, when he went away, it seemed rather as if he were fleeing from a foe than leaving a conquered land. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Everyday Charlotte podcast. We hope you will join us for another great read on our next episode. God bless you all.